Hello and welcome to the Dragons Are Real podcast. My name is Pete Jones. Now, back in episode 47, I did a review of Mortborg, uh, which is a heavy metal-inspired OSR-style game. Um, it's definitely a coffee table book. And back then, I said what really distracted uh, me from it was that uh, every it was the colours and the fonts. There was over 100 different fonts used. And I found it very difficult to read. Um, so I was a bit damning on it, not because of the content, but because I found it very difficult to read. Well, lo and behold, Johan Noor, who is responsible for the graphic design of Mortbug, has now released a bare-bones edition on his Itch.io site. And this is the plain text free version of Mortbug. You can offer money, but he says that um, he doesn't really want money for it, but it's up to you if you want to donate to it. And this is the complete Mortbug text, the Doom Metal game. Um, which is almost free artless. It's uh, got a couple of fonts, not hundreds of fonts. It's very readable. Uh, it includes the full rules and it also includes the rot black sludge scenario. So if you were uh, humming and hawing about it, then do check it out. And if you feel like you want to get the uh, art book, then that's up to you. Um, but it is very readable. So um, yes, more book, check it out. Okay, today... Uh, I'm going to be reviewing Blood and Gold by Rodney Nedlows. If uh, the ICRPG and Nave had a baby, then this is what it would produce. It's available from PDF and DriveThruRPG for £1.66. I paid £8.31 for the PDF and soft cover, black and white book with the colour cover, or you can just buy the book by itself £7.48. So let's take a dive into Blood and Gold. So this is an adventure game for the Earth Read, at least one other player. It is released under Creative Commons uh, Share Alike license. Uh, the art in it is by Brandish Gilhelm. The first couple of pages on the inside has got some uh, quick rules reference. The principles, it's class-based. Um, it's uh, a high chance of death. Fiction first. Uh, characters gain, gain levels as they gain power, the referee is impartial, and play is centres around the referee providing context for the players. The main rule of the game is, uh, by far the most important rule in the game, is the referee always has the right to modify the rules. So you can see where we're going with this. So it starts with the six basic ability scores, strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom and charisma. Each player has four points to distribute among the ability scores, with a maximum of three points in any single score. Players also get luck points, and you get one luck point every session, and when you use a luck point, you can add a d12 to any roll you choose. The core mechanic of the game is a universal mechanic, and it's a roll 1d20. Add the modifier, and you're trying to equal or beat a target number. Players roll for most things, and referees should only roll for actions that players don't know, uh, know about. And this is where you get the first similarity with uh, uh, Knave, is that you've got a set target number all the time. But unlike Knave, which was a target number of greater than 15, in 
Blood and Gold, it's a base target of 12 for a heroic game. And if you want to make a gritty game, then the base target number is 15 to all rolls. There are three different types of saves in Blood and Gold. And these are body saves, reflex and mind. And body is equal to your strength and constitution modifiers uh, divided by two rounded up. Reflex is equal to your dexterity and intelligence divided by two rounded up. And mind is equal to your wisdom and charisma divided two by rounded up. Like ICRPG, it's got easy and hard um, tests. Uh, this time easy adds plus four and hard is minus four. Next we get on to combat. There's surprise rounds and then for initiative it's the players roll 1d6 for the group versus the referee each round. The high roll wins. In a turn characters and monsters get to do one of the following. You can move far, move near and take an action or decline to move and take an action. The ranges are Close, which is melee range up to about 5 foot. Near is a distance that can be moved and still act around 30 foot. Far is reachable with a run move or ranged attacks around 120 feet. And distance is out of reach in a single round. So that's beyond 120 feet. Characters have hit points and characters are limited to a maximum of 30 hit points. Your dodge score is equal to 11 plus the character's dexterity score. A shield gives a plus 2 modifier to any attacks the shield would protect the character from. So when you're working melee or ranged attacks, for melee attacks you test strength, ranged attacks you test wisdom against the target. Obviously this may be modified due to easy and hard or the monster's threat the character is attacking. If a monster's threat is easy or hard then a referee will let the player know to modify accordingly. If a player is rolling two one-handed weapons, the player rolls a single strength test, but on a successful hit they roll both um, weapon damages but only take the higher result. A natural 20 or beating the test by 10 is a critical hit, and a natural 1 or missing the test by 10 equates to a fumble. Critical hits are double uh, damage, and on the fumble, either the weapon is broken or lost somehow. When dropped to 0 HP, character is knocked out and roll a 1d6 to see what will happen. And any further damage to them results in death. And on the d6 table, you could be knocked out for uh, d4 rounds or you can die in d4 hours. There are two types of rest in the, in the game. Catch your breath, which is like your short rest, where you drink... Uh, some water and wine and get plus 1d4 hit points you can use that once per day or you can sleep in safety where you get a full meal six hours sleep roll d6 and regain that many hit points so it looks like a pretty brutal game when it comes to experience points that is how you progress each level of experience is harder to attain than the last you get xp for encounter rewards for gold uh, for spending gold surviving a session and you spend it to get up a level you can only gain one level at a time and then you must seek a trainer out that is the same class as you and at least one level one level higher than you to train you so when it comes to character creation, we've touched briefly on this. You assign four points to your six ability scores. Then you choose your kin, note any ability modifiers and specials. Choose your class and archetype, note any ability modifiers. Derive your three save values and note them. Uh, now with your abilities distributed, 
your ability is set and no ability can start higher than plus four, regardless of any bonuses you got from kin or class. You roll for your starting HP, which is dependent on your class hit dice, and add your constitution. You also note any features from your, uh, from your class, such as saves or abilities or anything like that. Magic users and priests have note their starting spells. Note any starting equipment provided by your class. You roll starting coin as indicated by your class, and you come up with a shong, with a shong, with a short or long background of your character. So when it comes to kin, there are several different types. There are humans, elf, half elf, dwarf, halfling. And with each of these, you gain pluses or minuses to an ability, and you get some special abilities. When it comes to classes, these determine your skills and abilities in combat and adventuring, and there are four main classes. There's fighter, thief, priest, and magic users. They all receive an ability score at levels 3, 6, and 9, and... Any ability score can never be raised above plus 5. Characters also receive boons from the higher powers at each level, and you roll a d6 on a table, and you either gain some uh, divine luck, you get shielded, enlightenment, so some mi minor little um, boons to your character. Then each one of the classes has the type of hit die they roll uh, when they're gaining a level. Uh, any ability modifiers, what armor and weapons they can use. Um, for example, fighters add current level to their weapon damage, or what type of saves you've got, how many boons per level you get, and yeah, a choice of starting gear. You also have an archetype, and these archetype adds to the flavor of the class, and there's usually uh, three of those for each of the classes. And all the normal things you expect are in here. So, for example, with a priest, they get to be able to uh, turn the unholy. Um, magic users get access to spells. It's all your solid OSR-style stuff done in the style of a cross between ICRPG and Nave. There's lists of gear, and um, it also uses a sub supply mechanic, so you get a number of supply, and you can use the supply to have an abstract way of purchasing backup items. Uh, when it comes to armor, armor has a soak value, so light armor soaks one point of damage, medium armor two, heavy three. Uh, weapons are divided into small, medium, and large, with small weapons causing a d6 damage, medium a d8, and large weapons a d10 damage. There's some uh, sample gear list, and then something that's taken from the black hack is it has lists of items, and you roll randomly for the cost of those items. So for example, common items cost 1d10 coins, rare items cost 2d10 times 5 coins, and exotic are 4d10 times 10 coins. There's rules for hiring hirelings. And then when it comes to uh, magic, then we have a whole section on magic. When it comes to casting a spell, the caster first decides the casting level for the spell, and that determines how powerful the spell will be, and is, is used in determining the cost of the spell. For magic users, they use intelligent test against 11 plus the casting level. And then the failure means no spell is cast, but no cost is paid. 
If the intelligence test is equal to the seal or lower, roll on the mishaps table. For priest, the character must make a charisma test against 11 plus the casting level. Failure means no spell is cast and no cost is paid. If the character test is equal to the um, casting level or lower, gain a level of disfavor with your god. When it comes to cost, each spell has a cost unless you fail, and that is paid for before running the test, and this cost is equal to one casting point per casting level. There's a d12 uh, magical mishaps table, and then there's a list of spells, and these are basically one or two lines, uh, sort of in tradition of like Hankston with the index card RPG, kept nice and simple, uh, leaves you a bit of um, maneuver for interpretation. So there's about two and a half pages of divine spells and three or four pages of the wizard spells. Then we come to the referee section. And this gives you uh, uh, information that will help the referee. So there's the old 2d6 table for how um, NPCs and hirelings react. There's exhaustion uh, rules for characters. At level 1 of exhaustion, all tests and saves are hard. At level 2 of exhaustion, the character is severely limited and suffers minus 3 to tests and saves. And at level 3 of exhaustion, the character is dying, unable to move or act. And if not healed or given some sort of aid, death happens in 1d4 hours. And exhaustion is removed one level at a time via rest in safety. There's morale for monsters, because obviously monsters always don't fight to the death, so they roll 2d6 against the monster's morale score. Um, the sort of times that you test with morale when a single monster has less than a third of the HP left, a leader is killed or half of the group is eliminated. Uh, when it comes to uh, combat, it's sort of a standard OSR style game with combat lasting 6 to 10 seconds with me rolling initiative each round. In the dungeon, there's 10 minute turns and you roll a d6 um, with a 1 being in the counter, 2 or 3 a clue and 4 plus is nothing. They must rest every 6 turns or gain a level of exhaustion. Uh, in the wilds, there are six hour watches and they must rest every four hours or gain one level of exhaustion and gain consume one day's worth of food and water or gain a level of exhaustion. When it comes to monsters, it says every good fantasy RPG includes the bestiary. And there's a template here how to um, create a monster. Monster stat blocks are in the style of a monster name with uh, easy or hard after the monster name, the hit dice, the hit points, the morale score, the soak value, which works like armor, the attacks, and any specials. And after each monster, there is a description. So for example, let's take something like a blink, uh, blink dog. They've got a hit dice of six, hit points of 24, the morale is seven, their soak is two, they bite, its attack is plus two with 1d8 plus two damage, they can teleport as one action, and pack, uh, blind dogs are pack hunters, intelligent and most often friendly to non-evil folks. These creatures appear as lean and large canines. So there's several uh, classic style uh, monsters for you to peruse at the back of this book with all your favourites being there, like skeletons, zombies, etc. When you come to chapter 9, there is a list of magic items. So we have uh, such good things as potions, uh, and these come in 
typically two varieties. You've got those that are single quaff or those that last four sips. And each one of these tells you what sort of potion it is. So, for example, we have a potion of flying, which is four sips. This potion grants imbibers the ability of flight. They can move forward in action for 1d6 hours. So, it includes also some uh, magical weapons um, and all sorts of good stuff in these magic items. And there's a few pages of these. And we finish, finish off with the opening gaming license. Uh, and at the back pages, we've got some... Uh, rules quick reference um, and that is blood and gold so as i said in the intro it is a mix of knave and index card rpg and i think these started off as a set of house rules but they've been published if you like knave and you like index rpg then i'm sure you'll find plenty to enjoy here and since you can get them so cheap as pdf only then if it floats your boat then please check them out so that's all for this episode. I've still got a ruck of reviews that I want to do. The review list is getting longer and longer. Uh, still to come up is Easy D6. Uh, so that's probably going to be the next one. I've also got um, Slayers, which has just dropped as a bundle. Uh, so check that one out. Um, and also check me out on the YouTube channel when I try and do some non-review stuff as well. So as always, thanks for listening. And I catch you all on the flip side. Mm -hmm.